thank you so much. Really lovely to meet you. <laughs> I am beyond thrilled. I'm just so giddy about our conversation today. Yeah, no, absolutely. I'm so thrilled as well. I read about um, some of your stories on the podcast and it looks really, really good. So thank you for the privilege of speaking on your podcast. Oh, goodness. Well, the privilege is ours and it's just a sweet, sacred space. I think it's kind of a podcast or, you know, little hidden treasures in little corners of the world. <laughs> and it's kind of funny how they spread. Um, but I think they're really powerful in giving people connection and life. And so yes. I'm just it I'm still in awe that I even get to be a part of all of this you know <laughs> yeah no, so. absolutely amazing okay so are you hooked already let's just be honest if we don't hear a single word she says we can just listen and be mesmerized by her voice right that accent is gorgeous I mean oh, swoon but truthfully she is beautiful through and through and I'm absolutely drawn to the love that flows from faith. And I know that you will be too. This is a journey of believing and speaking what is true. And every single one of us needs to learn more about this. So listen, today is the day to get your paper and pencil ready. You are going to want to hear and keep and treasure every details from today's episode. Also, be sure to subscribe to get sneak peeks into her upcoming book her memoir comes out in may and it's gonna be divine i absolutely cannot wait to read it in its entirety the sneak peeks have been so so good in every episode i always wish that we could squeeze all the goodness into 30 minutes we try to shorten it a little bit because <clears throat> i know that you have time for a 30 minute listen but you know what? The truth is, life just does not squeeze into 30 minutes, right? It takes time to grow and settle and move into wisdom, kind of like real life. We have to dig deeper. And when we have a story, it develops into what is rich and giving. And we have to be willing to dig deeper and go further and listen more and in every single episode, I always, always, always love the second half of a story. So I hope that you'll invest in this hour. Listen to the end. Faith is full of spirit and life. She literally flows in truth that will enrich your life. This moment is for you, friend. So I hope you enjoy. Hello, my wonderful friend. Welcome to freedom. Welcome to a space of belonging. This is the Ash and Ivy Show. My name is Riley, and I'm totally geeking out to be here with you. I am challenging you to know your identity, find God's voice in your story, and give your life as a gift to the world. You have a voice and a message that only you can give. So let's do the divine work and make God visible through our lives and be in awe of what life is all about. My name is Faith um, of Piafi Hilsham, and I'm a British Nigerian. So I was born in the UK, but really raised in Nigeria and then back to the UK where I spend most of my lifetime, actually. So, yeah, so at the moment I live in Florida. So I've 
I've been in the US for the last two years, which that in itself, you know, is a miracle that transition over to the US as well. So being in the US, you know, again, I've just continued to see more and more of God's miracle and goodness. And that's actually what's landed me to my current um, position in terms of work, because work brought me over to the US. So again, it's through, it was through miraculous work, you know, of the Lord that made that transition possible for me to be here. So right now I'm, I'm in the US, I'm working and um, quite active in my local church as well with connect groups and working with young adults. So I'm very passionate about prayer, passionate about speaking the word of God. That's the, um, like the latest thing that the Lord did for me was just finding my voice essentially. And that was what birthed the book. So, and in finding my voice, it's beginning to declare and speak the word of God in boldness and teach others how to also stand and declare the word of God and see things shift in their lives and just see like God move in ways that you know they haven't seen before so Mm. that's essentially the summary of me per se and also I'm, I'm very much into the prophetic as well so just really believing in the prophetic power of God and again it's this it's the word of God speaking to those mountains declaring standing prophesying and seeing those prophecies come to pass in our lives because if we don't speak it then we won't see the fulfillment so we've got to speak and declare those words you know especially against oppositions and there's so many things today that we're dealing with you know so many battles that we're facing and we've got to just rise up above that by declaring and prophesying the word of God into our lives to then see the manifestation so yeah goodness you're jumping right into goodness um so a couple weeks ago in church somebody the person speaking was saying that prophecy is mentioned in the bible I don't remember what she said but it was like evangelism was like three times and prophecy was hundreds of times absolutely it's like prophecy is core to what God has for us. And it's simply, and maybe add to this definition, but it's, it's giving a message to another person in order to build them up. Yeah, no, absolutely. You're, you're very right. So prophecy, you know, is, is so key. So if we actually just go back to the Bible and when he talks about like the rule of prophecy, we see prophecy from the old Testament, the Kings, they went to the prophets to get direction so prophecy really first of all is that it's really a message from the lord it's the voice of god is god speaking to us and telling us what his heart is so back in the days the kings would consult the prophets they literally couldn't like king david he couldn't do anything without consulting um samuel the prophet yeah. and then in the new testament we talk it talks about prophecy as a gift of this of the holy spirit which mm-hmm. means the holy spirit again is still the word of god that the holy spirit speaking through you to deliver a message to somebody about what is to come you know and so as we receive those prophetic words prophecy really i would say i see it like um an invitation you know the lord you, you get a you get a scripture or you get a um, word spoken over you and it's, it's now an invitation for you to come and engage with the Lord because you've got to pray over those prophecies to see them come to pass in your lives 
it's mm. the Lord saying actually there's so much I have in store for you this is to encourage you this is to enable you to inspire you to keep going because a lot of times some people you get a prophetic word and then straight away they see the opposite of the prophetic word yeah and they're just like what but actually what it is is that really prophecy is given to us in order to sustain us through the trials up to the promise the fulfillment of the promise mm-hmm. so really that's what it's there for to to encourage you to keep going that in fact perhaps a test is coming but this is the word to sustain you onto the fulfillment of the promise yes and I think so much like when you can cling to the voice of God and know that it was spoken to you for you and you know that he's for you then yeah life is going to go up and down and curved and all over and things are going to come that make you feel like wait was that the voice of God because this is hard but when you hear it from him for you, it's, it's so much more fun and freeing to like step into that because it's not like you read about it from someone else's life or you just got a good idea. No, it's like deeper and core, you know, to Absolutely. like, no, oh, there's like this awakening in your spirit where it resonates and you're like, yes, this is what I want. This is what I'm born for. And you yeah. kind of can shift into that. Okay. So you, um, you said you grew up in Nigeria. Yeah. So I just pulled up a map of Nigeria and because your imagery and your sneaks. Okay. Wait, wait, I don't think we said, so you're writing a memoir. Yes. And it's about to come out in May. (laughs) In May. Yes. So I am releasing a book, a memoir about my life and just my journey of faith and just how the Lord has seen me through many years of like just through different continents. So from Africa to the UK and then now to the US. So this memoir will be coming out in May. So really excited about that. And it's just really um, just sharing my testimony of faith sharing what the Lord has done in my life and just to encourage like others you know in in their walk with the Lord to just keep going and for us not to give up that even as the days might seem darker but the Lord would shine even brighter through our lives so we Mm -hmm. have to keep going and trust in him yeah and through your story and through writing your story and sharing your story and speaking that truth it just becomes more and more evident i would assume and through my experience i have found that where god has done that and covered and and taken care of so many things and that's so exciting so well what i was going to say about nigeria and then we'll jump to i want you to tell the title of your memoir and just completely unpack it and tell us because it sounds so mysterious and full of depth and I'm like oh I just want to open that and know exactly what you're talking about but I looked so you paint this imagery in one of the sneak peeks of your book and talk about the rainforest of Nigeria and I just thought oh sounds like (laughs) such a dreamy place so it looks like it's on it's on water has a coast yes but then so where did you live in there and did you get to explore any of the country? 
Sure. So, yeah, so basically I lived in the southern part of Nigeria, which is literally right at the bottom and just literally going up to the Atlantic Ocean. So it was very much um, a river, river Rhine area like the state I'm from is actually called River State because we're surrounded by lots of rivers and, you know, islands. So I grew up in this city of Port Harcourt and it's very, it's like a tropical rainforest. So it's very, very green, very lush, very beautiful, you know, in that sense, which is really lovely. And I, I grew up in that sort of environment and my parents were Christians. So I actually grew up in a Christian family and my parents were first generation Christians. And so they essentially give their lives to the Lord and led others around within their family and their parents to the Lord as well. Mm. And through those journey, they began to see like people because at that time, Christianity was still like growing. So they, they saw a lot of persecutions, you know, in families. So people who give their lives to the Lord were being persecuted. Some of them were disowned by their families. So my parents were um, people that took in some of these people that were being persecuted and disowned and found like homes for them. So I grew up in a really big household with just lots of different people from church, you know, or people who were, you know, coming to help us at home and things like that. So that's the sort of environment that I grew up in. And uh, the we call it compounds in Nigeria where we live. So you kind of live in a compound. So fenced around with like different houses in it. Wow. So that was, yeah, this sort of neighborhood. And it was pretty much Christian, an extension of the ministry of the church because we had a lot of people from church come in. We had lots of church activities happening as well. So yeah, mm-hmm. that was the sort of environment that I grew up in. And what other religion is also in the area? So, well, so Nigeria has um, two main religions, which is Christianity and Islam. So, but then, but actually there was a lot of paganism before that. So just people idol worshipping, that mm-hmm. sort of thing before Christianity came in and then took on. So a lot of like our ancestral lineages had a lot of like just um yeah pagan worship and idol worship that sort of thing until Christianity came in and began to teach people about like the true God and really turning on to Jesus and giving their lives to the Lord and that mm-hmm. was yeah so that mm-hmm. was how that came about so yeah but in the, the southern part of Nigeria where I'm from is predominantly Christian so the mm-hmm. north Nigeria is it's quite it's a really quite a big country the north and the west are more Islam Islam is a lot more prevalent but in the south where we were it's a lot more Christianity and which has been growing especially from the time of my parents because they they literally became Christians joined like a new church that kind of started up and they did lots and lots of outreaches going out to villages and really beginning to spread the gospel and seeing people come to Christ as well. Mm -hmm. Wow that's so cool that is really really neat and so okay I have so many questions. I'm trying to put them in the right order so that it can be easy for you to tell. I want to hear about boarding school and your siblings and your relationship with your parents. Um, But so would it be helpful to start 
by sharing about your memoir, telling us how it came, the title came to be, and then unpacking from there? Okay, yeah, we could do that. I think okay. that would be a good place to start, actually, yes. So, yeah, so the title of my memoir is um, Unveiling Faith. Unveiling Faith. Yes. Unveiling faith. <laughs> I mean, goodness, could you come up with a better title? It just, <laughs> isn't it so, like, it just sounds like it's full of treasures. Yeah, um, it's... <laughs> It took me like it took me like a year, by the way, <laughs> to get that title. <laughs> well, so I'm sure it's of, full of depth. So, how did it come about? How did it come about? Yeah, so I I've basically been on this you know whole journey with the Lord of like I dedicated my life to the Lord at a young age, and so I've really seen God work miracles you know all through different stages of my life, and I think I got to a point in in recent years where I would say I went through like the wilderness season and it was very much a whirlwind of not fully understanding what was going on because I've seen God work so much miracles in my life and in the life of those around me but yet one area of my life so I'm I'm single at the moment not married and I've been praying for marriage for the last 20 years. So I guess since I kind of came out of my teenage years and it's an area where it's just, it just felt like it wasn't shifting. And I just kept asking God, like what's going on. And I went into a season of just real like confusion and just saying, God, I don't understand. Is there something I need to do or that I'm not doing? And it was very much um, a searching time. You know, my heart was really I would say really wounded from disappointment you know and just from just feeling um yeah just weariness you know feeling weary feeling you know God you know I've served you for all this time I've talked so much about you I've proclaimed your faithfulness your goodness you do all these miracles but this is not happening and then so what then happened was in 2020 when I actually came to the US again just kind of standing on prophetic words I had received um, some prophetic words and my brother who is a pastor himself in London he had said to me when I told him I was going over to California for work he was like he said to me California is the land of milk and honey and so when he said that I was like okay I received that prophetically that that's going to be my land of milk and honey so I just began to declare that Lord you've got something for me there I don't know what it is but I'm just believing you for that so so essentially I came to California San Diego with this promise in my spirit you know that the Lord had something for me and what then happened was the pandemic hit and literally it was like I just began to to seek God about my life and it just seemed like there was an unveiling you know like this curtains just opened up to like what the Lord had been, has been doing in my life and suddenly it was like vision and purpose was just released before me and I could see that the what the Lord has been working in my life has not just been based on like the promises that I've been waiting on him for but actually is so much bigger than that he has been preparing me for a plan for a purpose he is advancing his kingdom on earth he he wants to spread them the Lord wants to spread the gospel in the world and he he is preparing me to be that vessel to be used to advance the kingdom on earth and all of the things I've been going through the trials the testings 
all of that has been part of the preparation to then bring me to this place of transformation. And for me, it was like suddenly my perspective shifted and I saw my life in a new light. So it was this sort of unveiling, which looking back, I realized that there has been this unwinding and unveiling over the years as I've walked with the Lord, where he's shown me that journey of faith. When you commit your life to walking by faith, that it's, you know, it's, it's not a predictable life. It's a life of adventure. You walk with him. And as you walk with him, you depend completely on him to unpack and unfold your things that are to come in your life. So that's really where the unveiling kind of came mm-hmm. about because I've literally just seen the Lord unveil faith. It's this two dimensions. So faith in terms of my name, so of me. So the Lord has been unveiling his plans and purposes concerning my life as I've walked with him. But then also just that word of faith as well. There's been an unveiling of faith because the way my life has been, I've literally had to walk by faith. I've had to live by faith. Like most things that I've received in this life has actually come through me believing God and extending my faith and having faith in God. And I will demonstrate that in my stories. And so literally, I've just known that you just, I, I, I've had to live by faith. So I think through that, the Lord has unveiled the meaning of faith through my life and also unveiled me, faith, who I am through my story as well. So that's really how the unveiling came about, mm-hmm. unveiling faith. And then the subtitle is um, so good. A spiritual journey of transformation which has literally been like the Lord transformed me. I came into a place of transformation and I've got these butterflies to symbolize that transformation. Just saying that, you know, I, I was, I felt like I've been expecting, you know, I've been pregnant with promises and waiting on those promises to be fulfilled. But actually what was birth was me, my transformation, you know, the, the, the new version of me, that the Lord birthed in order to advance his kingdom, in order to do and fulfill his purposes on earth. So really that was how the whole transformation piece came about. You talk about encouraging believers in their walk with faith. And so it's, it's like, how would you define faith exactly? And what are you trying to elicit when you, by sharing your story? Sure. So, I mean, if we go back to just even um, the definition of faith in the Bible that says that, you know, faith is a substance of things that are hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So it's believing in the unseen. It's, you know, it's that substance that we're hoping for. So you are believing God for something in your life. You're believing God for a promise you're believing God to fulfill his word on your life you may not see it right now but that faith is the evidence of it because the Lord has said it you know that he said it that's the evidence in itself and you hold on to that word you hold on to that evidence until you see the manifestation of it Mm -hmm. so 
Yeah. And so you said like you were pregnant with these promises and you're expecting and you're expecting. And I love in Colossians, it talks about this expectation of glory. And it just fills me with like this excitement that God desires me to live, you know, like not just walk through or not just get by or not be encumbered by shame or numbness or all the things that we face but live from this place of expectation. But you also talk about like, or this is how I perceive it, which are some of your words, like shifting from a place of expectation of what I expect it to look like and yeah. letting go of those outcomes. And really like what I've had to kind of try to navigate in my own ministry is that my role is to prepare a way for Jesus, right? Like yep. my role is to in, make space for him to, so that he can be um, revealed and visible and available to others. And that kind yeah. of is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think the journey of faith, you know, so for example, I've seen that the Lord, you know, I've seen the Lord come through in terms of his promises. So for example, like just from Nigeria so living in Nigeria growing up in a Christian family and then unfortunately you know we had um, things that happened where we lost pretty much almost everything that we had you know my dad lost his business we went into financial difficulties and we just at that point we had to depend on God like literally my mom would say to me Faith if you don't pray like we don't know where the next food is going to come from or we don't even know how we're going to pay your school fees to go to school so I began to learn how to pray and through those prayers I saw God manifest himself you know by having faith and the biggest point and um, the biggest part for me at that point in Nigeria was when I was then really wanting to move over to the UK I was 17 at that point and I felt like I knew that my future was in the UK but then I had all these obstacles before me first of all my dad was completely opposed to it and if anybody knows my dad like you cannot fight my dad he is so strong you know and so I had that opposition and then even more than that there was just it was just it seemed fiscally impossible because we didn't have the financial means to do any of that. So, so in Nigeria, you, so it sounds like your dad was an entrepreneur. I mean, it, yes. And through some of your writings, I've just, I'm curious, like he was just into business or that I was trying to yeah. connect some of the dots with that. Sure. So he is, yeah. So he's an entrepreneur. So he, he basically dealt in real estate and lands yeah he was a land surveyor and so he would buy and sell land and real estate and that's essentially his sort of um, business area but then in Nigeria and especially the part of Nigeria we're from when you start dealing with land it really gets very complicated because of the ownership of land that's tied to villages and natives and things like that and okay. even like yeah land has even developed things like tribal wars where you have tribes fighting and killing each other so it's, it's quite um, a complex area to deal with and my dad and his kind of personality he is a fighter and he will go into as long as he believes in something he will go in head on so he kind of inserted himself as a peace negotiator 
with some of these land disputes. And that was basically how he got into um, a lot of the issues that we then began to have because you had to settle multiple parties in order to secure like one piece of land. And then you secure the land, you sell it because he was essentially selling the pieces of land to landlords so they could build you know, um, their own houses and things like that. But then it's like he sold to people, but then those people couldn't get in because then the villagers come and evict them from there. So there were so many crises. And I talk about even when my dad, um, like about 40 young um, youth, young men came, yeah, came to the house to take my dad to kill him, which is obviously a very scary, you know, scary situation. I was the only one at home, thank God that I was in the house and they didn't come inside to see me. Um, he was outside, so they took him and went, but God miraculously intervened and the police came. So it was a very turbulent time for the family. And yeah, so that was kind of what he did. And my dad never believed in like going to work for anybody else. So we had um, seasons of feast and famines. So there'll be seasons of feasting where he would get, he would sell, sell a land, get a lot of money coming in and we would have those seasons of feast, feastings. And then my dad never saved, he never believed in saving. And then the, all the money would be gone. And literally we would just have this whole time of famine, just like nothing. And so we had to rely on lots of relatives and just a lot of prayer. And I think, like I was saying, the silver lining at that point was really that drove us to prayer, that drove us to seek God. And for me personally, that was really, I, I, my safe haven was that place of prayer, was mm. going and praying about these things and just seeking God. And when I began to you know, have these arguments with my dad about, wanting to travel and him actually saying no in fact he said he wanted to denounce my British citizenship that was how much he was opposed to it so I knew that it was only God that could intervene and so this is this is when I began to learn intercession and I talk about this reverend who I met who essentially began to school me in like this school of intercession and he said faith you need to go home and you need to pray he said close and um, go into your closet pray like you've never pray pray like your whole life depends on this mm -hmm. let everybody around you wonder what's going on he said just let everyone know that it's no longer business as usual <laughs> and that was exactly what I did I was 17 I went home and I just I literally began to pray I would pray for like an hour two hours so did you feel I mean we referenced earlier how when God speaks something in your life and you know that that's where you're being directed is that you felt that way about going back to London I did yeah because why do you time, think your dad what was he was it fear was why it? he was opposed to it mm -hmm. okay so so there are various things so my dad has a lot of um you know, I talk about he was into politics as well and things like that. So he has a lot of conceptions around like Nigeria and the landscape and the British and uh, col the colonial system and how the British, when the British ruled over Nigeria, they handed over power to the north, which is where we are the south. And he thinks that that caused a lot of issues for us. So he really just did not think that he didn't like the British and he just felt like, nope, I don't want you to go to, um, to, to the UK. Instead, maybe go to the US, but 
there was no means of doing that he just didn't want me to go so that was a lot of his opposition was just the, just his belief around the British gotcha. and then second, yes and then secondly it was very much financial because he didn't have the means you know we were struggling so much as well so even if he then said yes there was just absolutely no money or just no way of of making that happen I didn't I had never even seen that much money you know in terms of like the cost of a, of a flight mm-hmm. at that time so so yeah so it was it was very far-fetched for me but because of what was going on in Nigeria at the time the economy had become a lot tougher education the edu- educational system as well had become a lot more um you know tough in terms of there were lots of my practices there was just so many obstacles that were in my way that then felt like okay I think that your future is in the UK because I'm British I had a British passport and I just really felt in my spirit that that was the next place for me so I I I began to pray and also because we had I, I realized that we were battling a lot of generational strongholds I also mm-hmm. felt like it was time to break out, you know, to break out and to be able to help because I felt like I'll be able to help my family better when I've broken out and come out and go to the UK where there are obviously better opportunities. So all of those convinced me that my future was elsewhere in the UK. Yeah, that's, I mean, and it sounds like God provided a way and yes, now yes. here you are. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. So you went I mean, to school for accounting and that field, is that right? Yes. Which is yes, so, so far from writing memoirs. <laughs> I know. So actually, yeah. So my profession, I'm actually an accountant. So initially I wanted to do business. Um, yeah, I did study business. And then after I graduated, it kind of worked out that I got a job, um, you know, as a finance assistant and the career for accounting just kind of opened up that pathway opened up to me and I embraced it and I talk about that in my book as well because I didn't think that that was going to be the path I would go but God's favor and it really worked out well because it gave me a good um, work-life balance I was able to then really do a lot of ministries I was very active in ministry in London working with young people so so yes I did my accounting and then I would I helped run like the youth ministry in a church in London where I was based and that was kind of what I did for many many years until for about 14 years until I finally came away from that and then I began to travel for work. Yeah so is that what brought you to the United States an accounting job? Um, Yes yeah essentially so it's it's my work as an accountant so again even that in itself you know is a testimony I think I was sharing so now like coming um, from Nigeria to the UK and just seeing how God had worked so miraculously to open the doors such that even when I got to London literally I had um, you know I had this this lady who I met for the first time she took me in and she was just like you would live here so the Lord just literally provided accommodation, provided all these things for me. And as I was in London, I began to just, I'd seen how miraculously God had worked. So I believed God. I literally just said, Lord, my life is in your hands. Now, the phrase that I use was a phrase I learned while I was praying. And the phrase um, says that my life is not in the hands of any man. My life is in the hands of God. And that's literally 
the the revelation that I took to London with me and I began to just use that revelation each time in my life and even through my career as an accountant I've seen like promotions and doors open just by trusting him and not depending on man but saying Lord I trust you I'm going to take that step of faith and go for that promotion and the door miraculously opens you know and so and that's kind of been my journey and then the crossover from the UK to the US was such that I had had a prophetic word that um, you know I was going to get a job that I would travel to different countries and during that time I think I was still working and then at some point I began contracting. Now after the I contacted contracted for about two years and the contract came to an end so after that I was really struggling to find a job and after about I think about a month of not having a job and I was running low on finances I began to pray and see God I'm like God I was like God what's going on and then I remember the prophetic word that Lord that someone gave to me I, I got the word out and I listened to it again and it was like you're gonna get them you're gonna have a job that you travel internationally and I brought that word before the Lord and I said Lord this is the word that you've spoken and here I am no job so I just began to pray again I began to declare I began to just speak the word of God and a lot of my story is being being in that secret place with God speaking and declaring the word through prayer and as I do that what happens is my faith rises that faith level rises because you know by praying and even just giving him that worship and that praise he's you know I I see that I see him uplifted in my in my life in my eyes you know I begin to see God as this big God that he's bigger than any of the issues that I'm facing and so that was pretty much what I did I just began to spend time and pray to the Lord and as I did that I felt the Lord say what area do you want to work in okay you want to travel internationally what area do you want to work in and I said yes Lord I want to work on projects I want to work on system implementations and literally I said that I wrote it down and after that prayer, I think a few days later, I had um, an interview with an agency. So in London, we use agencies, recruitment agencies to find jobs. So I went to the agency and talking to them and they were like, OK, what kind of jobs are you looking for? I said, I literally said the word I said to the Lord. I said, well, I'd love project systems implementation. And as soon as I said that, the agent, the agent said to me, oh, I think I have the perfect job for you. <laughs> he was like there is a job where you travel internationally I kid you not you know and doing <laughs> systems implementation and I was just like yes please you know and literally it took three months for that job to finally come through but the job came through the Lord I think it's the so neat when you set your vision and you align with the father and then you just watch it unfold <laughs> like Exactly. The reason that you could go do that, you didn't just go, could you tell me of what jobs you have? No, like you went with a desire, you yes. aligned yourself in prayer and then voila. <laughs> yes, no, exactly. That's just exactly what happened, you know, and even when so I started a job really amazing, I began to travel all around, you know, England. And then suddenly I was like, okay, Lord, you say international. I haven't traveled internationally yet. And again, I began to pray and I began to speak it out. And again, the doors opened. And that was how I was able to come over to 
to um to California to San Diego for my first mm. international trip you know and literally I came and then the Lord just opened and I got to this I got to, to the land of the U.S. and I felt it I was like Lord I know that this is where you're calling me to this mm. is my next land of promise and I started so began to declare I mean, when I first came to the U.S. I would go to the beach and I would pray a walk on the beach and I began to declare you know Joshua 1 you know, that says that wherever your, your foot treads upon, you know, that he's given to us. And I began to just speak it. And I said, Lord, I believe you've called me to this land for such a time as this. There is a plan and purpose that you want to fulfill upon my life. So I began to do those prayer walks and I began to speak it. I began to declare it. And eventually I literally saw the transition. And especially at a time where people were losing their jobs because it was a pandemic, God gave me favor and I actually got two job offers and I was able to choose the one that I really preferred to stay in the US. So that was my, my miraculous transition over to the US. Well, tell me, I mean, Cal- okay, San Diego and then what city in Florida are you in? So I'm in Winter Haven. So just outside yeah. of Orlando. Yeah, I went to college in Orlando, so I'm familiar with that. Oh, did you? Okay. So I think about your homeland, Nigeria and the rainforest, but I don't think either of those places are quite as lush as what you've grown up in. (laughs) Yes. Well, Florida, I would say it's a bit closer because you get a lot of rain and yes, you do have a bit of the greenery, but yes, I would say that. Yes. um, Have you been able to travel some in other parts of the country? So not so much. I mean, in previous trips, I have traveled like to other states. So like I've been to Georgia, I've been to like the North New York, Boston, Ohio, some of these places. But in this trip, so literally two years. Yeah, because what happened was when I came, I landed, um, you know, to San Diego in 2020, January, the pandemic hit by like March so we had planned a trip to Hawaii my friends are coming from London we were gonna go to um, to see various places like San Francisco we were yeah all of that and that just all went down the drain <laughs> gosh oh yeah, goodness so, so okay. yeah so it's all the lockdown oh sorry just to say that so it's all the lockdown that has actually inspired the book because I couldn't really go anywhere so I just, I, I had so much time to start reflecting on the, on my life and God's faithfulness. And so I've just been writing for the last two years. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm wishing for a lockdown, not that anyone else would have to suffer, but just for myself, <laughs> because <laughs> it's like, I need to just hibernate in order to be able to write and give, I am going to be on maternity leave in about five weeks. Um, oh nice yes because I I heard from your podcast you're actually expecting yes congratulations thank you and I'm hoping to really use that space to just have quiet time and and really dig into some of that That benefit of some quiet time yeah um okay so let's see I want to ask you to help us, you talk about equipping, one of your passions is equipping people with tools to pray and prophesy and then enlighten them to their true purpose and vision. And so I thought, why don't you tell us about your 40th birthday party 
And I need okay. to hear about this show called This Is Your Life. This Is Your Life. Because yeah. I have a feeling some of that purpose and things kind of came, became more clear after this party. So tell us about that because it's grand sure. and fabulous. Oh, thank you. Yes. Yeah, so my 40th, um, like I was sharing, my 40th came about in January 2020. So that's when I turned 40. And just before that, I really felt like I needed to do something. So towards the end of 2019, I began to pray. I was like, Lord, I really want to do something for my 40th. I haven't, I'm not married yet. I've always wanted to have like a, um, a time where I can bring lots of family and friends together and just share testimony of your goodness and all of that. And it just felt like this was the right time to do that. And like I said, as soon as I decided, which was actually in San Diego on the beach praying, as soon as I decided, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as soon as I decided, okay, that Lord, this is exactly what I'm going to do. And I'm going to testify of your goodness. This is going to be about giving you thanks and giving you praise for my life. As soon as I decided that, like literally I go to work and I get given a bonus, like they, I never get early bonuses, but they were just like, yeah, this is an early bonus. And it was just literally what I needed for the party. So that was a confirmation. So, so I then planned this, um, like a, a dance type of dinner and dance party. And I think I had about a hundred people. So this was in London. <laughs> That's a big party. Yeah, yeah yeah so it was actually yes yeah, so I planned for yeah about about 100 people to come so like just lots of family and friends and it happened to be that at that time my brother was actually getting married in, in December so we had a lot of family coming from Nigeria so our parents aunties uncles so it really worked out because then they could also stay stay in January and then attend the party as well so thank god I was able to have my parents at the party so essentially what then happened with this party, there's a bit which I which will come in the book, which I, I can share with you as well. Was, it was, it's about this dress. I call it the Beyond Beautiful Dress. So there was this whole, <laughs> so basically there was this whole thing about trying to get a dress for the party. So I have um, a, a Nigerian based designer who designs clothes for me. And so she was going to design me a dress for the party. Now, I just gave her my colours and that was it. I didn't really tell her, like, do this or do that. She just used her initiative to design a dress for me. But then what happened was, because as we got towards the end of the year in Nigeria, Christmas is a huge thing. So they got really busy. She got really, really busy with work. And so she wasn't able to finish my dress on time. So by the time she finished the dress, it was literally like a Christmas holidays into the new year. So there was no way of her trying to get the, the dress across to, um, to me in the, UK, um, in the UK on time. So by like the 1st of January or by the 31st of January, I was just like, God, I don't even know how this dress is going to come. DHL, nothing was, was open. There was just so many um, public holidays. So I began to look for an alternative. I went to my friend's shopping and we just couldn't find anything that was right. And finally, and at this point, I hadn't actually seen the dress, by the way. So I hadn't seen, I didn't know what the dress looked like. And then I think it was something like maybe the 1st or the 2nd of January, she sends a picture of this dress. And when I sent it to my friend, she texts back and she was like, Faith, this dress is beyond beautiful. 
we have to have this dress <laughs> from Nigeria. And it was just literally, like I say, like all, all heaven broke loose. And I was like, okay, Lord, we have to get this dress to London. And so what happened was I started to look for like people who were, because literally there was no dear child, there was nothing, it was just all bank um, because of the public holidays. So I, so I sent a text message out to like all my friends and family, like, do you know anybody traveling that can take this package for me? like nothing you know all most people that came back to me like they had connecting flights and things and it just wasn't it wasn't going to arrive on time and so finally I think it was like the third of January my auntie had said to me Faith the only way you're going to get this dress to London is if you find somebody who is traveling from Lagos which is the capital of Nigeria or the federal capital um the initial capital of Nigeria if you find someone traveling from Lagos to London on a British airway flight so there's no stops then that person could actually get that dress to you on by by the fourth which was a Saturday for the for my birthday so I literally so so literally on the third I remember waking up and I prayed and I was like Lord there is a British Airways flight leaving Lagos Nigeria tonight Lord, there is somebody on that flight who needs to take my dress. Lord, I don't know that person, but you know that person. Lord, connect us and let this person be able to bring my dress to London in time for my birthday. So that was my prayer on the third. And after that, I had somebody in Lagos trying to help me find people. And by the afternoon, this person called me and he said, I have found somebody traveling on the British Airways flight. I mean, I was just like, wow. But then he was like, the person is saying they're not going to take the dress because they're actually, even though they get into London, they're, they're going to a, um, on a connecting flight to Scotland. So they wouldn't even come out of the, of the airports yeah. to give you the dress. So they're not going to take the dress. And I said to him, I said to him, I said, please, can you just let me speak to this person on the phone? So I got to the person on the phone and I explained to him and I said, please, you are an answer to prayer. Just the fact that we found you is a testimony in itself. And I said, please, if you take this dress, I will find a way to get this dress from you at the airport. And if there's no way, take the dress to Scotland, that's fine, but please take the dress. And so he said, okay, he'll take the dress. And we began to work out how on earth are we going to get this dress from him? And my brother had this genius idea. And he was like, Faith, why don't you book yourself on a flight, on the same flight from London to Scotland? And then check yourself in. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. And it's then crazy. <laughs> exactly. You know, and then he was like, check yourself into the flight. So then you get to meet him, get the package from him, and then check yourself out. Hey, I'm going to need to see this dress pronto. Like, <laughs> I need a picture. <laughs> we all want to see the dress. <laughs> I will send you a picture. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. Yeah. Well, okay, so you, you get to the party. And y'all play this game called This Is Your Life, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, tell so this us is quickly yeah, about so this, that. Sure. So This Is Your Life is um, it's a show that they do on TV. 
for um, celebrities. So they would have um, they would have like this whole plan and it's a surprise. So they get people from different stages of the person's life that would then come and talk about their experience with that person at that time of their life. So they would that get like is... kinder- kindergarten teachers, you know, they'll get like their family, their cousins, neighbors, friends, work colleagues, just all different stages of their life. And they would come and talk about them. But the way they did it was because it was a surprise, they would literally bring a celebrity and they would be like, this is your life. And they would like open the curtains and this celebrity would see like primary school teacher and they would be screaming. And yes, they would have they would have this whole display of like basically what their life was like and different people just talking about them. And yeah, and all the experiences with them. So it was really like amazing. So my friends decided yeah so my friends decided you know why don't we have this theme for you this is your life so I said okay great so they started contacting like all my friends families people from like back in the days from childhood all the way up till now so what then happened on the show so my friend had sent them like some questions and prompters you know just things like what was faith like some of your experiences with her what words would you use to describe your time with her and you know things like that so so yeah so they had all of those so during the actual event they then had a section which is like this is your life where each person then comes out to start speaking about like me about what they know of me or the experiences of me so we had my parents my parents came out first and they kind of talked about my dad talked about um just faith and he's naming me faith and just how much um you know or faith that um, they had to have faith in God to have me. My mom talked about her experience of giving birth to me, mm-hmm. you know, and how like, she, like just all of those kind of things, which for me was quite like overwhelming because I hadn't obviously really had my parents yeah. just talk about me. And then I had like my siblings had their section where they came and spoke about, about me as well. And even just little things like, you know, they talked about when like they, they, um, they had such a great time with me when I was in Nigeria with them. And because I left Nigeria at such a young age, they were all really young. So I've got six siblings and they're all younger. So when I left Nigeria, they missed me so much that apparently, because I had a special plate that I used to eat. And they said like they would take it in turns to use my plate. It was so special. <laughs> you know, and even just little things like that. I was just like, oh my goodness, I had no idea about this. You know, and then I had um, like friends from like from church as well. They came and they began to talk about just like, the experiences that they had with me and just how like, you know, they, they saw God through my life. For example, some people talked about how I'd helped them in securing jobs, you know, just encouraging because I like to inspire people. I like to help people like practically as well, especially in the area of career you know, as well, just helping people with their career and jobs. And so people came out and testified about, you know, me being able to help them to do that. And some of these things I'd forgotten about them. So it was just like, you know, oh my goodness. And then I had like um, a lot of young people who, you know, I'd mentored from church as well. They came and spoke about just how, you know, my leadership had really helped them and encouraged them and inspired them, especially in a place like London, you know, growing up in London and spiritually the climate can be quite tough. 
so just you know having somebody there to be able to keep speaking life into their lives so and then I had my my flatmates or apart um, housemates I guess you call them in the US they also came and spoke about my the experiences you know through my life and for me it was really an overwhelming um, experience because obviously you have all these people just kind of talking about you and one thing that was evident was a lot of what people were saying were kind of like the same things they were just kind of talking about how somehow I had made an impact in their lives and I think for me that was when I guess it dawned on me that actually somehow God had used my life because sometimes we feel like we're not really doing so much or we need to do so much more we feel like we're not enough there's just so much more that we that we have to do and I think it dawned on me that okay Lord I've been walking with you and really the things that you've been working out through my life has actually been working so I've learned to be a people's person to just love people and to treat people well and to be able to bless people in every way that I can and I began to realize that that in itself was so effective because the Lord was using that to minister to people because they were all saying the same thing that somehow I had had an impact on their lives so that was I think that for me that was really where I guess the penny began to drop you know and the unveiling for me began to happen it was like the curtains just begin and began to be um, drawn back to really see, okay, this is really your life, Faith. You know, it's not about how you feel or which at that point was obviously a lot of the issues, the disappointments, the things that I was processing at that stage in my life because I'm like, Lord, I'm 40. You know, I should have a family and things like that. But this was, you know, this kind of really gave me that picture of the Lord saying no faith it's not about how you're feeling or even the things that you think this is your life this this is the testimony these are the testimonies coming from the people all around you and they're all saying the same thing therefore your walk of faith hasn't been in vain your walk of faith has been effective because you have been impacting people in your life just by your daily actions and the things that you do you don't have to do something massive you know or you'll do something where the whole world knows you but it's about all of those people around you and just loving them you know even as you love me that in itself is effective and that is what he's called me to do so this is your life <laughs> that overwhelms me and but it also just gives this such this feeling of lightness, right? Like it just Mm -hmm. takes this load off. Um, because like, so the visible things, the things we see in our earthly realm, our disappointments, our feelings, our thoughts, we know our feelings, we know what we can see, but Mm -hmm. you talk about, you want to help people with their true purpose and vision. And so it's like, well, how, what are the tools for enlightening someone for vision, you know, because yeah, like we believe everyone has a purpose, but everyone does not have vision. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's, um, it's interesting that you can show like what you're saying shows that what God has already said so many times, but until you experience it or like learn it or grasp it in your own way, 
like your own reality, you're not going to know what he's talking about. But he says love wins. He says love covers all. He says love brings repentance. And so what you're saying is like loving someone unconditionally and with God's love and just by abiding with him and being yourself through your weaknesses, through your trials, through your disappointments, his love has a way of bringing vision through other people and enlightening their purpose. And he knows what he's talking about. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, I'm telling you, he absolutely does know what he's talking about and love truly covers the multitude of sin. I mean, the Bible says that God is love. So love is literally encompasses everything that we express out of life. Most people in the world are looking for love. Love is such a prized possession. Unfortunately, a lot of people look for it in the wrong places. But the great thing is God has put his love inside of us and we can have we can share that love to the lives of other people and by doing that we essentially begin to fulfill our purpose and our callings because what happens is that when you show God's love to people they God also uses them in, in, in turn to bless you people can begin to open doors for you that nobody else would have been able to open for you I mean I've seen that happen in my life where I've been good to somebody just because of God's love in my life But then they've actually come back and blessed me in a way that I would have never known before. So just by following and walking after the Lord, that in itself begins to lead us into his purpose and his plans for our lives. And I know you were asking about how do we really find our purpose and our vision. Mm -hmm. I think the first thing is, you know, our purpose essentially is in, in God. He knows what that purpose is. You know, the Bible says, you know, commit that we commit our ways to the Lord and his purposes will prevail. So as we walk with the Lord, essentially he will begin to unfold his purposes for our lives as long as we are obedient to him. Because you see, sometimes we, we, we get afraid. And so we don't want to take the steps that he's leading us to take because we're just like, oh, I'm not sure if this is going to work out but if we trust him and take the steps of faith that he's leading us to we will see those purposes and plans be unveiled in our lives on a practical level you know I say to people that God has put those plans in inside of us so a lot of times when we're looking for our purpose in life people look externally but actually it's internal It's all on the inside of you. So you've got to search and let the authentic self come out to begin to discover your true self, to discover your true purpose and the things that God has called you to do. So a lot of times it's on the inside of us. And, you know, I I listened to um, this author called um, Dr. Miles Monroe, and I talk about him in my book as well because he really reveals a lot of this like you know where the bible talks about in Ephesians 3 20 where it says you know that he'll do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think or imagine according to the power that is at work in us and he talks about our imagination that a lot of times our purposes the things that God has called us to do is in our imagination we have a lot of imagination but because of life, we shut them down, you know, from like, if you think about kids and how kids have big imaginations, big dreams and all of that, those are these things that actually God desires us to do. But through life, 
things happen, disappointments come in, and those things get shut down. And that's when I find a lot of people start struggling. They struggle in life. They're struggling. I'm not happy about life because a lot of the dreams on the inside of you has been buried. And you have to find a way of untapping. And it's almost like unstopping the well and opening up that well on the inside again to allow the dreams to come out, to allow the vision to begin to come out because it's there on the inside of us. You know, and I also say like a lot of what we see today where someone's imagination yesterday, you know, think about the TV. There was once upon a time we didn't have TV. That was in somebody's imagination, but it's a reality today. So that tells us that a lot of the things that God gives us, even in our imagination, you know, God can bring those things to pass if we partner with him and walk with him and especially begin to take the steps of faith, not being afraid. Because I feel like a lot of times the blockage is fear more than anything else. Because if we then begin to allow the Lord to break the fear from our lives and we take the steps of faith, in time you will see the manifestations you know, of his purposes. You will see the reality of those things. That, that the Lord puts in your spirit, man. Wow. It sounds so tangible and so close and like, yes, 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 I want that. And yet so many of us, like it's just out of grasp. Like, how do I actually do that? You know, so what would you say to that person who's like, yeah, I agree with you. I want that for my life. Yeah. How do you position yourself in a place for prophecy and prayer and unveiling dreams and vision. vision. Like- yes, no, absolutely. Really, really exciting. I would say like the very first way of positioning yourself is to really position yourself in a place of prayer. So really starting by just spending time with the Lord and just talking to him about your life and the things that you want to see him do through your life spending time to just sit down and to listen to him also speak to you and as he speaks to you begin to write those things down write them down and I would say that as we spend time with the Lord don't analyze the things that you're hearing don't try to think oh like for example if you're talking to the Lord and suddenly he tells you like a big thing or I want to use you to minister to women across the world don't shut it down write it down don't worry about how it's going to happen just write it down so that's the first thing I think the first thing is being in that place of prayer writing down the things that the Lord puts in your spirit and then secondly bring out those prophetic words a lot of times We've received prophetic words where we've buried them because we haven't seen them happen. We forget about them and we just don't do anything about them. I would say bring out, dig out those prophetic words, the words that the Lord has spoken into your life and then begin to pray into those words. I have prophetic words like on my phone and I listen to them very regularly. And I would say a lot of those things have happened through me speaking and declaring and some of those elements are in my book so I find that when you when you take the step to say Lord I'm going to walk with you to see your plans and purposes come to pass in my life it's a step of faith you take so you've got to begin to you firstly just even within yourself say Lord I am going to believe you 
I know that it may not be easy, but I'm going to even just believe you sit down and just begin to write down the things you're saying to me. I'm going to take those prophetic words that have been spoken into my life and I'm going to begin to pray over them and believe that you can do them. So when you talk about the prophetic word, are you speaking about the ideas that have come from a place of prayer just between you and God? Or are you talking about external words? So both. So when I say prophetic words, it would be like external. So where you've had people give you prophetic words, you know, like sometimes we've met people that have said, oh, I see God using you in a particular setting I see God using you in different countries I see God using you in your community whatever those words are what if you don't have that if you don't have that's okay if you don't have that that's okay a great place to start is the things that God has spoken to you because most times God has spoken things to us there might be things in your spirit that you have had the Lord speak to you and If you don't have that, that's okay. Go to the word of God. The word of God is the first place to start. That's the first prophetic word that God has over our lives because he's spoken that word and that word in the word of God is for you. So you take that word and you begin to speak and declare that word over your life. So for example, where it says that, you know, I know the the purposes, the plans I have for you, plans to give you a hope and a future that's a great place to start so lord you've spoken into my life you said this in your words that you have a plan to give me um a hope and a future lord i want to see that future come to pass in my life i'm going to partner with you because i know that this future you have for me will be beautiful lord begin to unveil that let me see that begin to happen and so you can then take that word there are so many scriptures of promises that he has take those those promises and begin to speak them over your life and especially if you if you're in a situation where you want to see the opposite so let's just say you're in a place where you're believing God for a breakthrough but right now that breakthrough hasn't happened find a scripture that talks about that breakthrough take that scripture and begin to speak and declare that over your life that in itself is a prophecy because that's the word of God and so you speak it and you declare it and you believe it until you see the manifestation come to pass and just like we talked about the definition of faith that faith is a substance of things hoped for so you take that word of God as you know that substance of your faith that Lord I am believing you so whoever it is, and you might be, you know, really believing God for a breakthrough, maybe it's a breakthrough in finances, maybe it's a breakthrough concerning a job or career, or maybe it's a breakthrough in a family situation. Take the word of God, you know, the, the, the word of God, he has, the Lord has so many plans and so many words he's spoken concerning our lives. Stand on that word and just begin to believe him to manifest that word in your life. That's the biggest prophecy, more than even the personal prophecies that other people give to you the word of God because every prophecy that even people give to us has to tie back to the word of God anyway so I would say that the word of God is the first place to start take the word stand on the word declare the word and believe it even in the face of adversity even in the the face of opposition declare that word of God until you see it come to pass and write it down have like a little um if you can have this little cards write a scripture on there 
put it on your wall. I have a vision board, which I put on my wall. And I've got the scriptures for what I'm believing God for. I see them in the morning. I speak it. I declare it. The days that I'm not feeling great, I just get up and I declare that scripture and I speak it. So that's what we have to do as starters. And as we do that, you begin to see the hand of God at work in your life. And once you see that happening, of course, that becomes an encouragement. You begin to move further and further in faith. And, and essentially, you see his plans and purposes begin to unveil. Unveil. Life. Keyword. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> and, and also, one thing I say to people as well is, do not despise the days of small beginnings. Mm. You know, a lot of times when we start walking with the Lord, we get a word and we see something really tiny manifested, we can feel like, oh, but this wasn't actually the picture I saw. And we can really get discouraged. But no, I would say I've learned over, over time, do not despise the days of small beginnings. Even the small, God is working. And through that small, he would then enlarge it and make it even bigger. But you'd be surprised what the small, and that small could be. I'll give you an example. It's like maybe... You have a prophetic word where the Lord is saying that you're going to lead like, I don't know, a thousand people to Christ. And you start praying and you start believing God for that word. And it happens to be that you haven't led anybody to Christ. Maybe you decide to have um, maybe a connect group, a meeting or whatever that thing looks like. And you, you invite people to come and maybe like only one person shows up. You know, it can be really discouraging and you think, Lord, well, what's going on? But, you know, that one person, you never know what that one person could do in terms of what the Lord could do through the life of that one person and through their life, what the Lord can then do in, in the lives of many others. So we can never despise the, the days of small beginnings because God can work in so many ways. Through the small, God enlarges and makes it bigger. It is our duty to just believe God and take the steps and not think about how it's going to happen or why it hasn't happened, but just to keep going and believing and trusting him. Because in time, you will then see the bigger picture. Things will unfold from the small will come the big. So just keep going, no matter how small things might seem right now, no matter how early days it might seem right now, or maybe you've been going up, going at it for years and the door hasn't shifted or the, the, you know, those things haven't happened yet. Keep believing God, keep trusting God, keep walking with him because he's faithful. And in time you will see essentially the masterpiece that he is creating of your life. I'm pretty sure you were just prophesying to me. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well That's now, amazing. now I'm in tears and I'm all pumped up and ready to go. Thank oh, you. you are brilliant. so dreamy. Thank you for all of your big steps and small steps and brave steps. Thank you for the way that you show up and give and pour out. It is amazing. Oh, <laughs> wow. Thank you so much, Riley. And also just to speak into your life, you know, as well, that, you know, the work that you're doing for the Lord is an absolutely important work so just continue you know to to do the work continue to share the stories of these precious women all around the world because stories are to be told there are so many people who want to hear these stories and who want to be encouraged in their faith so I just want to encourage you to just keep going even though it might seem like you know maybe it's not exactly the way that you want it to be 
but you've just got to trust that ultimately the Lord knows what he's doing and a lot of times the Lord doesn't really um he doesn't really show us the end picture you see yeah he gives us a word and then but we we then have to start walking with him step by step and step by step he unveils you know things to you so just keep walking with him and you will be amazed at the masterpiece that he will create of your life and of the podcast and all the other things that will come out of your ministry so just know that your ministry is important there is a place for that and just to keep going and don't be weary in well-doing because in due season you will reap even as you faint not in Jesus name amen and